Hello and welcome to another episode of Spoiler Appetite. I'm Tristan. And I'm Brittany. Okay, so we've been gone for a little while. Uh, it's more of lacking motivation to do this podcast lately. But uh, as you can tell by the title, this is really why we're back. And so, yeah, let's just let's just start with the stuff I have nothing to say good about. And that is, as you see by the title, uh, we're getting a Joker origin movie. Now, I read the details about this. Uh, Martin Scorsese is producing it. Um, and it's not going to be part of the DC Cinematic Universe. So we're going to get a totally new Joker. And if... I don't know if this is true or not, but it's gonna be it's gonna feel like an '80s uh, thriller or something like that. And I okay, when I first read this, I was like, the one thing that really upsets me is, of course, the origin part. And for me personally, I love the Joker. I love the Joker, but I we don't need an origin story. See, if they just came out and said. This is gonna be just a a Joker movie, uh, like um, that one comic that's just called Joker. Um, it's very much uh, the the Joker looks in that comic looks very much like the Joker in the Dark Knight, Heath Ledger's Joker. And if it w- if the movie was something like that, I would be totally okay with that. I guess I just I don't know, like. Not being part of the DC Cinematic Universe is kind of weird, and I get that, you know, it's like the comics where it's, um, you know, comics have, like, different titles and whatnot, different universes and all that business, but still, it's like, it's the movies, and it's like, uh, I don't know. I just, I really don't know what to say other than I... I hope this doesn't happen and I hope it fails. Like, I, and that's a shame because I never really say that. And this is like the inner geek in me talking about it because I just, I just don't need it. And honestly, I'm tired of this goddamn new trend where let's take a comic book, uh, villain and give them their own movie. It's like first Venom, which I can totally see the potential for that. And then they also announced a Black Cat and Silver Sable movie. And then Fox announces they're going to do a Doctor Doom movie. And now we're getting a Joker origin movie, which is like, okay, I can't stand this anymore. This is like fucking ridiculous. Like, they're villains for a reason. And a part of what makes them great is we don't need to know the full character like they're we cannot sympathize with these characters they're villains for a reason and i don't know if you're gonna do a villain kind of movie or whatever centric i don't know it just doesn't seem right to me at all i mean one of the reasons why i i don't watch uh bates motel is because i love psycho so much and i don't need to see why he's like that where he is in Psycho, and I, I don't like it, and, you know, it's whatever, but, uh, I'm gonna, yeah, Brittany, you love the Joker, you, 
say something. Maybe you can turn this 180 around and maybe make it like make me get on board with this idea. Um, okay, well, first of all, I've been wanting an origin story for, like, ages. Oh, my God. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's not like the origin story makes you sympathize with the villains. There's plenty of villains where we get their origin story of how they became who they are, and we don't sympathize with them. Like, Bane. We could care less about Bane. <laughs> like... But we know where he came from, and we know the two different types of veins. We know the one from, like, Poison Ivy, and then we know the one from the darkness. It's, um, and then we also, like, you also have to remember that we do have multiple origin stories. Well, not multiple, but, like, we do have a story, um, where, uh, Joker was once the Red Hood because of his mm-hmm. wife and all that stuff. So, I mean, that is an origin story. So, yeah. I mean, you going and saying that you just hate the origin stories when you fully know that there is already an origin story that, if I remember correctly, you said you really liked. Because it was, um, it was like the last joke or whatever. I forgot what it's called, but it was that cartoon one. Okay, so, to clarify on my comments, um, yes, yes, I do love the killing joke. And that's, that's what you're referring to that animated adaptation of the comic book. I love that. But the reason why I love that is because you get a brief moment of his past life, not necessarily the full thing or whatever. That's, you know, that's sort of like there. That's there like, I guess, a day or two before he becomes the Joker and whatnot. And I just feel, you know... We don't need the whole story. We don't need how he was raised. I mean, what makes him great is that mystery, and I don't want to know the full story. Like, I don't want to know his shitty life or whatever. Like, they did, I don't know, I guess Gotham is, like, Jerome on Gotham is the Joker or whatever. Like, they're not saying he is, but it's totally obvious he is the Joker of that world. And, you know, again... I'm not a fan of giving an origin for the Joker specifically because it's like we don't need it. We I like the mystery. I mean, every good villain is a great villain because of the fact that you don't know their motivation, why they come up, why they are who they are because they don't go into details about that. Like with most movies, I just it comes down to the uh point of like explaining everything. Like for example, um <laughs> say something was mentioned in a movie and they just move past it or whatever they say like uh the avengers for example and the avengers um when hawkeye and black widow are on the uh the bridge in new york they talk about a certain mission that they went through and you know black widow mentions the comic saying something like you know this is just like such and such and hawkeye is like you and i remember that very differently yet and that's that's stuff like that where I don't want to see that explained and like I don't need to see that in you know a Black Widow movie or a Hawkeye movie I don't need to see that I like it to be mentioned and because there's history there and we don't need to see that or whatever so overall I mean yes the killing joke does have a moment in it where they see you know just a brief moment of his past life before he, he recently went crazy so, right. 
overall, it's... I'm not a fan of it. I don't need it. Like, okay. I <laughs> I want to say I'm not going to go see it, but I just have to because it's... I'm just really curious because, you know, not for the origin part, but because it's separate from the DC Cinematic Universe, which I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I mean, I get it, but at the same time, it's just like, why? This is, this doesn't make any sense. I mean, sure, I guess this is a way for them to do their own movies without having to connect to the bigger picture of their cinematic universe, and it's just like, well, then what's the point of having a cinematic universe then? I mean, because it, I don't know. Okay, well, okay. So I understand where you're coming from about how you don't want to see like them growing up and all of that. I understand that. But if you think about it, each uh, kind of glimpse into their past that we saw is their origin story. Because if you remember, um, Joker's kind of like uh, famous line other than why so serious is um, that one where it says it takes like one day to make a man go mad or something like that. I can't remember. Like, yeah. Group, but like we, his origin story is that one day. So it's not like it was he got bullied as a child and all this stuff. Like he could have been grown up as a normal, regular child, but it's that one day that made him go insane. And we have the Red Hood version where that was his one day, and then we also mm-hmm. have the other version where um, he's like the big like top dog at um, I guess I think it's either some mob or like some company or whatever, and he ends up falling in the vat and they try and like fix his face. Yeah. And, and all that, that's an origin story because that is his one day that made him go insane. So, I mean, really the kind of the only Joker that we didn't get the origin story from is Heath Ledger's version Joker because of the fact that they they never actually showed a little past into his life. And the only little kind of past we got into his life is when he asked, do you want to know how I got these scars? And we don't even know if that story was true about his father. And so, but those... The thing is, like with the Joker, it doesn't matter about his childhood, and it doesn't matter about his adulthood. It ima- it matters about that one day that made him go insane and it just flick something in his brain. So when you talk about origin stories, the way I think you see it is from like something happened as his childhood, and soon it to like just kept going and going and going. Whereas with the Joker, it's just that one day that just flips everything. It's not a repeated something happening. It's something highly traumatic that one day and it just completely alters his life. So that's the reason why I want to see a a Joker origin story because I do want to see the normalized Joker because as much as I love the Joker as a psycho, I want to see the Joker as a normal kid, as a normal teenager, as a normal adult living his life up to the moment where that one day just comes and just completely cracks him. And that's when he becomes a psycho because I understand, like, I'm not a psycho, but, like, I understand having those, like, one days that make you feel like you're just going to rip your hair out. Like, I understand it. But it's, like, it'd be cool to see kind of, like, what makes him lead up to kind of that one day that happens because in The Killing Joke, it was his wife was pregnant he was poor he was trying to be comedian and he tried to go um into like being the red hood in order to get money and then that's was his one day and his one 
bad decision that uh, led him to becoming the Joker. Um, I can't exactly remember what happened with the the mob boss guy, but I know he somehow fell into the um, pit of acid. They tried to fix his face, and then once his face was ruined, that was his one day that just made him completely go insane. Um, it's just... So, the thing is, is, like, all the other villains, they actually have stuff that happened to them that makes them go over the edge. Like, um, Catwoman, a lot of people kept, like, messing with her and all this stuff, and eventually she just became Catwoman. And um, just like with, like, Poison Ivy, she kept getting bullied on, and um, she cared for the plants and all that stuff, and eventually she got attacked by her own, own poison and became Poison Ivy. And so, like, so many other people, like the Penguin, he was literally born as the Penguin. Like... Those origin stories are cool to listen to, and they're cool to hear, and cool to see, and everything. But like the Joker is so unique, just because of the fact that that one day is different for everybody. So each Joker that we have, there was a different one day for that one Joker. So Heath Ledger's Joker had something happen to him that one day. It something happened that just made it switch. Um, we don't know what it is because nobody actually went into it. Um, Jared Leto's Joker, something happened, made him switch. Don't know what that is, but uh, the killing joke, we know that he was down on his luck, needed something that, like a pick-me-up, and so he did something bad, and that was his one day that made him go insane. So when people... It's like... So, like, Joker's origin story is only a day worth of it happening because it, it's not repeated it's just there and so that's why I'm excited and that's why I've been wanting a Joker origin story because of the fact if they play it right then and if they remember like the Joker sayings and stuff then it should pr pretty much be him dealing with life like normal life normal ass life until that one day when it just all flips. I mean, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. But as far as with the movies and whatnot, those are just like very much like the killing joke. There are brief moments, except for the TV show, obviously, because they did go into full depth in it. But as far as like the 89 Tim Burton version, it was like, yeah, it wasn't necessarily an origin, but you did see how he becomes, you know, where he is now. He his one bad day, and you do get more of it when you know Batman is looking at his uh, files of his past life. He was a troubled kid, kind of had a temper and whatnot. But for me, it's like you know, there's always going to be their version of the Joker, and for me, it's like. I don't need to see what his past life is like. I don't need to see if he was like a struggling businessman or a struggling up and coming comedian. I don't need to see all that business. I just, if you're going to do a Joker movie, you know, do it like, you know, the Tim Burton version did. He falls in chemical acid, acid or whatever that, you know, dyes his uh, skin white and then go on, move on. And see what this guy does for a living. I mean, I don't want to see him just straight up trying to struggle. Him trying to be crazy or whatever. Him having to deal with, like, maybe I'm not crazy. Or maybe I am crazy. I don't know. I don't need to see that. 
mentality of him just struggling or whatever. I just, I don't know. And the fact, I mean, good luck to whoever's going to play the Joker next. Because apparently Jared Leto is not going to be a part of this Joker origin movie since it is separate from the DCCU. And, again, I don't want to know Jared Leto's Joker's origin either. Like, I don't need to know him. He's just there. He's that mob boss kind of crazy psychopath Joker or whatever. And honestly, I would love to, I need to see more of Jared Leto Joker, especially, specifically, I need to see a scene between him, his Joker, and Affleck's Joker, which, again, uh, I don't even know. So, let's move on from this. Speaking of Batman, I, uh, I just read not too long ago that, uh, the Batman movie that's coming out is not gonna be a part of the DCCU either, which, I just, I have no hope for this anymore. I have no hope for DCCU, you know. I've, I don't like talking about the DC Cinematic Universe anymore because it's like, the one good thing we can enjoy for, for well, I mean, I've enjoyed all the DC Cinematic Universe movies to a certain point. Like, there are definitely problems with it, except for, for me, personally, Man of Steel. There's nothing wrong with Man of Steel at all, and... Wonder Woman was great as, great as well. Like, it's definitely my second favorite, uh, DC Cinematic Universe. Wonder Woman, that is. And, uh, now that the Batman movie is not part of the DC Cinematic Universe, you know, again, I don't see how, like, when Flashpoint comes, cause you know, the Flash movie's gonna be Flashpoint. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so obvious Affleck is not going to be Batman anymore once that happens because it's like, okay, first off, fuck this whole theory that, you know, oh, they could just get Dick Grayson to become Batman. No, fuck that. Let that stay in the comics. That works for the comics. I don't want to see Dick Grayson taking on the Batman mantle. I don't want to see that. That works for comics. This is the movies. I, I just, honestly... I hope their their reset button for this DC Cinematic Universe is definitely the Flashpoint movie. And let's just, you know what, just make that movie. Let's get it over with. Let's get a new Batman. I mean, because honestly, it's just like this this universe is just going down the drain. Except for Wonder Woman, of course. And, you know, Justice League, I can't wait for Justice League, but I cannot stand what Warner Brothers is doing right now, which is like, let's just throw shit at the wall and let's see what sticks. And, I mean, then again, when you look at the DC Cinematic Universe, it's like they're eventful uh, stories that they could do. There's not... There's not really a lot, I guess. Like, whereas with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's like they did though They're doing these movies and it's all leading up to... Uh, Infinity War, and there are some that have nothing to do with Infinity War, I guess. I mean, Thor, I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, they all connect to, they all lead up to Infinity War for a reason, but as far as the DC Cinematic Universe, they don't really, I can't really think of a story that they have, I mean, other than, um, Kingdom Come, but then again, it's like, why build up to that? I mean, it's gonna take years to do that. And so, but getting back to the a Batman movie, not part of the DC Cinematic Universe, I just, I don't, I don't care anymore. Like, 
you know, it's going to be a separate thing. It's just like, whatever. I I don't care. So, obviously, we're going to get another uh, version of Batman. And I, I, I just, I don't care anymore. So, anyways, your thoughts, Brittany? I mean, I didn't tell you to, this just until now, obviously. Um... <laughs> So I, I literally just found out that they're actually making the new Batman movie. And uh, you said that they're wanting to replace Batman? Uh, okay, so the rumor is, well, it's pretty much reported or whatever that uh, a great source uh, said that it was during Comic-Con too. It was the day before they released that uh, the Hall H WB uh, panel. And it said Ben Affleck no longer going to return, possibly not returning as Batman after Justice League. And, of course, you know, during that panel, Affleck is like, didn't necessarily say he's not leaving or whatever, but he just pretty much said, I love being Batman, and, you know, I, I'll, you know, something, like, he was basically denying it. But, of course, I was just like, it's and I made a I made a status on it where I was like, okay, the man just said he's denying the reports. This is the same thing he did whenever the reports came out saying he's not directing Batman, and then a couple of days later, he's not directing or whatever. But of course, he's not going to say that because Justice League is coming out, and the last thing they need is him dropping the bombshell and being like, yeah, I'm. After this, I'm done. So, which again, I thought about it recently where I was just like, you know, Batman v Superman would have been a great movie had they gone in and not make that kind of the building up of their cinematic universe. So I think it would have been great if it was just its own movie and its own little universe and not a cinematic universe where you're building up to the Justice League or whatever. And so, yeah, at this point, I'm now coming to terms where if Affleck, whenever Affleck steps down, you know, if it is true, if he, and he steps down, I'm okay with it. Like, yeah, I in the beginning when I heard about it, I was upset and I was just like, don't, don't tell me this is true. But the more I hear about it, the more I'm like, you know what, if he's going to go, fine, whatever, as long as they keep writing his Batman for the next Batman, because I love this brutal Batman. I mean, you can get a younger actor to play Batman and whatever, just make sure he is, you know, the Affleck version where he's very much that comic book version of uh, Batman. So, yeah. Anything to say, Brittany? I mean, I really wish they'd find a Batman that would stick to be being Batman. I'm tired of Batman's changing. Yeah, I mean, and Affleck is, like, in his mid-40s, too. So it's like, okay, yeah, he's getting up there. He can't be doing these crazy training montages and whatnot. So, again, a Batman movie not part of the DC Cinematic Universe. I'm just like, uh, if (laughs) if they decide to pull the plug on this whole thing, I wouldn't care. I mean, Flashpoint is going to be that, the key to, you know fixing all this drama apparently and I guess we're just gonna have to wait 
hope for the best. So uh, I guess we'll jump on to another news that I just read, and they're going to do a Joker and Harley Quinn movie. But this will be a part of the DC Cinematic Universe. And again, it just feels like they're throwing shit at the wall and they're just hoping something sticks. And it's just like, okay, here's the thing. I can't necessarily judge. I'm not... I'm not hating on Joker, uh, Jared Leto's Joker. For what he was given, it just wasn't enough for me. Like, the whole point of Suicide Squad, the way I took it was like, they're showing you the chemistry of this Joker and this Harley Quinn in this cinematic universe. What I really need is like, and you know, I respect it, I like it, but I was just like, I don't, I don't know what Leto's Joker is capable of. And for order, in order to, you know, for me to finally decide if I like or hate his Joker, I need to see how he plays off of Batman. You know, if we, if Affleck is still around, I need to see him and Affleck go at it. I need to see what their bond is like. What does it feel like? What is it? Because, I, I mean, we all know what their relationship is. But I need to see, I just need to see those two play off each other to, you know, decide if I like Leto's Joker or not. I mean, it just, I don't know. I mean, I've seen a lot of people say, you know, Suicide Squad was basically if if Hot Topic made a movie, and that's Suicide Squad. And I was like, I can't really argue with them there because the... But yeah, a Joker and Harley Quinn movie. I'm sure you're excited about this, and this is part of the DC Cinematic Universe, so take it away, Brittany. I'm excited about it. I mean, I've always I've always loved the Joker, and when I first found out about Harley Quinn, um, I fell in love with her, too, just because um, her and the Joker make a pair, and even though it is a very, very toxic relationship, um, mm-hmm. it's something that works, and it's something that... Um, nobody should wish to have but at the same time if you just kind of like it's really weird because when I talk about this people look at me like I'm crazy um, because I am talking about how you can tell how much he does love her Um, and they're like he doesn't love her he's always like beating her up and everything I'm like that may be true but that's their relationship like he she beats him up too it's not just a one way street like um if you if you do read the comics and and also in the um, like the animated series and yep. she she eventually does start fighting back like she loves him and yeah. he loves her and um, she they both go at each other and but through all the fighting you can tell that they do truly do love each other and it's hard for the Joker to admit that because of the fact that um, for one he doesn't want to let anybody in and he doesn't want to experience these feelings and um, he doesn't want to get hurt um, and so when I talk about it and I try to explain it to people they all they see is the hurt that Joker puts on Harley because he's always mean to her and everything that, and they just don't see that it's both ways because usually what's portrayed is head over heels for the Joker, and the Joker's just like, screw you, I don't care. And um, that's not really true, because if you do know the Joker um, really well, and you, you look into wh- like who he is and 
what he is, and like especially like I said before, with his um, slight origin stories that we found, we we see that he is really truly a, an actual caring person. He just has that bad day, and um, unfortunately, the bad day just stuck with him. So, but Harley has found a way to not only like nuzzle herself back to the original. Um, person who's underneath the Joker, but she's also found a way to love the Joker for himself as who he is now. And I think the Joker actually really appreciates Harley for that, because she's not trying to change him. And uh, through the Joker, Harley found her true self as well, which is also a crazy psycho, but at the same time, she found him, and they found each other, and I'm probably still going to get a lot of, like, you're an idiot... They, it's just um, abusive relationship, which I mean, it is. It is a very abusive relationship, but it's abusive on both sides, and it and it works for them, and they're happy. And I feel like if they're happy, then <laughs> why stop? Because that's just who they are. So, um, but I, I am really happy for a Harley Quinn and a Joker um, movie because I have always wanted to see like how they work, like their chemistry. Because as what we've seen so far, it's just her missing the Joker and he trying to save her. And, um, which is great because that, um, that's what kind of, like, made people start saying, like, I want a relationship like Joker and Harley. Especially those people who've never, like, read a comic or an animated series to know that he's, they're both, like, really abusive to each other. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it kind of, it made me happy to, like, the people who didn't know and were like, I really want a relationship like the Joker and Harley Quinn and, I'm just like, yes, just minus the abusiveness. And because like, if you just take away the abusiveness, then they pretty much have a perfect relationship. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's funny when people. I remember when Suicide Squad was coming out and people were saying, I want a relationship like Joker and Harley. And I was one of those people that was like, you know, I knew what they were saying and I saw a lot of people like, they're abusing with blah 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 and then suicide comes out and they're still saying and they're like there's abuse it's like well no 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 i think when they're saying that they're meeting the 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 cinematic version because originally from what i read they were gonna do the abusive relationship between joker and harley like that one scene what i was excited for it i heard about it too and i was actually excited for the um yeah, I mean, I understood why they didn't do it because I'm pretty sure they would get flat. Because at one point, if you remember, the scene gets uh, the scene is where uh, they're in, they finally meet each other on that plane. Originally, it wasn't a rocket that made Harley fall off the uh, the plane. It was Joker just being like a total ass and just pushes her off. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, I could see why they would want to not do that because you know not everyone is a comic book fan and they would take that like really personal and just be like this is not okay especially if you have kids seeing this movie and they think it's okay to be like that which is totally not you know and that's and I get why they changed it and I'm okay with that because it's just like yeah not everyone's a comic book fan and some people will take it personal and just feel really not cool with that at all and I get it so but Joker and Harley Quinn movie it's like okay so and apparently this is gonna come out before a Gotham City Sirens movie 
which is like, I don't know. I don't even know. I, I guess it's going to be, I don't know. I guess I'll just, you know, I guess I just can't really get excited for this cinematic universe anymore. Because it's like, I don't know, I guess, I guess I'm just too prone. I don't know, I obviously wouldn't know how to do the cinematic universe. I don't know what I would build up to it, to that cinematic, you know, event, like your Infinity War with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I just feel they're just going to do these movies, and, you know, it, it it is what it is. And you know what, I just... I, I shouldn't be mad or whatever, I mean, but I am because I'm just like, I wish there was a storyline that they could build up to, and that way all these, you know, watch all these movies and say it was worth watching all these movies to get here because it makes sense why we have this movie and that movie. But, you know what? It's whatever. I'm still there, even though I just, I'm just like, I don't, this is obviously fan service because totally somebody whoever's running this and saying you know green lighting these things and who knows maybe it might not happen but whoever's green lighting them clearly there's no like there's no event that they can build up to and whatnot and it's fine so i mean just keep trekking along dc cinematic universe okay so let's stop being negative well let me stop being negative so spider-man homecoming it came out last month and I don't even know if we talked about it. Did we ever talk about it? No, because I think when uh, it came out, I think you wanted to talk about it, but I hadn't seen it yet. Oh, right. And then I just totally didn't have the motivation to be like, ask you if you saw it or not. And yeah. then, you know, life happens. But mm -hmm. thank you, Joker Origin Movie, for finally getting me, motivating me to do this uh, episode. Anyways... Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, wow, it came out a month ago. Alrighty. I mean, I remember the whole movie. Not the whole movie, but I remember specific parts. And so, again, um, for me personally, I'm not going to say it's. I think it's the greatest Spider-Man movie ever. I still feel Spider-Man 2 has that. still takes it by like an inch or a centimeter by Spider-Man Homecoming and uh, for me again but I will say Spider-Man Homecoming Tom Holland is definitely my Spider-Man <laughs> I mean I mean, I took away from that movie where you know by the time it finished I was like man I, w man, I miss high school <laughs> like I really miss it now and I just it felt so real and great I mean I just, I loved every bit part of it. And we will be talking about spoilers, so um, I'm not going to... My favorite part, and it's really a theater experience, but I will get to it later. But Brittany, you tell me. Am I crazy for thinking it's not the greatest Spider-Man movie yet? For me, at least. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it for opposite reasons. Um, I, I do love Tom Holland. Um, he's definitely up in my favorites um i mean my my heart will always have a, a soft spot for uh toby mcguire mm -hmm. but um but tom holland played it perfectly like he was fantastic and um but the reason why i love the movie so much is uh because of the transitions oh 
<laughs> like, uh, give an example. I mean, um, like my favorite. Oh my god, it's my favorite scene. It's like directly in the beginning of the movie. Um, it's with the clock on the wall. Did, did you notice the smooth transitions between the clock and in the wall? Like it was the clock and it was on the wall, and um, it kind of like zoom out and you'd see Peter. And then it kind of zoomed back into the clock. And then, then you'd see, like, a banner move up over the clock. And it was just like, please tell me you, under- you know what I'm talking about. Oh, wow. I Like, I was yeah. literally, like, fangirling next to Kennedy because I was like, look at those transitions. But that's just my editor coming out. Wow, but I can't. I- this is the beginning of the movie? Yeah, it's in the wow. beginning of the Why movie. Why can't I not remember this? <laughs> because it's, it's the least significant thing about the movie it's like just a little tiny 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 little wait bump. the beginning opens with uh movie begins with uh michael keaton as the vulture and it pants you well, see that I mean, it's not it's like i'm talking about the beginning where we see like peter and stuff and he's like, oh okay like, yeah that i can't remember well, you should look it up because it's fantastic. <laughs> I remember to uh, whenever I watch it again, I remember to remember that. But I, I loved, I loved this the villain because for starters, it's Michael Keaton. But you get why he's doing what he's doing. I mean, I love that he's like the cleanup crew of Avengers, and I'm pretty sure he gets paid very well for yeah. clean up alien tech and whatnot and so finally the government steps in and is like nope not anymore and honestly I loved this movie so much I loved it but again it's not I don't think it's better than Spider-Man 2 but I will say what the thing that I feel that is you know this movie has over Spider-Man 2 is that Tom Holland as Spider-Man because I mean again I've told the story so many times it's like you know, I wasn't excited when I heard... I mean, I was excited when I heard Spider-Man was going to be in Civil War, but as we got closer, I was all about Black Panther, and it's like, yeah, Spider-Man's cool and all that business. And, you know, it's it's great that they finally, you know, they're doing Spider-Man. And then, you know, the movie comes out, and I was really, like, taken away by his portrayal of Spider-Man and... The, and I always said, and it took me a while to figure out why I was like, I was so taken away and excited. And it finally hit me. I was just like, this is the Spider-Man I've been looking for because I've never, I've read Spider-Man comics, the ultimate Spider-Man comics. Mm-hmm. And he's at the end of the day, he's a kid and we've never really seen a kid or whatever. And, you know, of course, you know, I'm a geek and people who go see these movies and love them they're a fan of Spider-Man because of the movies and they don't really take the time to read the source material and that's fine and you know they'll always you know there'll always be that one person that says how could you say you know you love his Tom Holland Spider-Man over McGuire or Andrew Garfield and you know it all comes down to it's like he's like at the end of the day that character is a teenager in school and him having to deal with that responsibility and so you know that's just me and if you like the adult you know adult spider-man great and also i gotta say i loved how they used tony stark in this movie because you know i wasn't one to be like oh i feel like this is gonna be iron man 4 i just 
I didn't. I mean, I felt he was a good. He was going to be in it for more than just a cameo, based off those trailers, and just the way they use him. Very just felt very comic booky, where he's there, but he's just he's helping out Peter, but he's not there through the whole movie, and that was great. And I I love the suit a lot, and that Iron Spider suit that we see at the end. I like it. But nothing beats the, uh, the the his his own suit or whatever. But I think my favorite scene ever. Okay, before I get into it, what was your favorite scene, Brittany? I told you my favorite scene. Oh, just okay. So my favorite scene is uh, and it's, it, it involves it really does involve the theater experience. It's towards the end. I guess we could say that, well, I actually have two favorite scenes. But my favorite scene is um, he's getting ready for homecoming or whatever. And right. he goes to pick up, uh, who was it? His date. What's the what's her character's name? I don't know. I uh, just wow, this is difficult. Um, was that tiny jump scare? Are you talking about Liz, that one? Liz, yeah. Her name was Liz. So she's going to... He's going to pick up Liz. Knocks on the door. And who opens the door? The vulture, Michael Keaton himself. And I I was I gasped. I was just like <gasps> I was like, but how does he know? And he's like, I'm Liz's dad. I'm like, oh my god, and me and the whole crowd, the the uh the audience in the theater just flipped and we were just like I was like, Oh my fucking god, this is incredible. And then, you know, walks in, and there's, you know, the mom. And I'm like, of course, of fucking course. Because he was, he kept mentioning he has a family that he needs to take care of. And I was like, it's stupid shit like that where you don't think or whatever. It's like, I was just like, oh my god. And the best thing about this was, it's surprising that no one leaked this at all. Like, there was no rumor of, like, you know... Michael Keaton's character, the Vulture, is the dad of uh, Liz, and I was just like, that—that that is like, that's like for me. This is my, in my life, this is like the uh, the moment that when Empire Strikes Back, everyone, you know, found out that Darth Vader is the father, the father of Luke Skywalker. That's like this for me, whereas before, you know. I, I knew Vader was Luke's father and you know because it's been around and whatnot and for me I just I did not see this coming because I didn't think about it at all and that was just like a great moment especially I'm so glad I wasn't the only one who reacted like the way I reacted I was just like oh my fucking god that's so that's so amazing because you don't really see that as much on like movies or whatever and just that pure surprise moment and then of course my second favorite moment is when they're all in the car and you slowly see him putting it together and you know Peter tries to deny it but he's just like I know you're Spider-Man and uh, I I just that was a great moment for me but yeah Spider-Man Homecoming definitely I look forward to him playing that character and so forth I just ah. Uh, but I don't think of the 
of all the Spider-Man movies that they're going to make with Tom Holland Spider-Man, I don't think it'll ever be as good as that first one, especially with that, you know, that reveal. That was just amazing. You want to know two uh, fun facts about Spider-Man Homecoming? Sure. Okay, so the first fun fact is, you know that poster where it's Spider-Man just chilling on, like, a brick wall, kind of? On... It's like like one of the movie posters. It's him listening to his music in his Spider-Man outfit. Yeah. Chilling, laying Mm -hmm. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The photographers actually took that when Tom Holland was on a break and actually sleeping in his Spider-Man outfit. And then they just used that. Oh, wow. That's that's amazing. I'm pretty pretty sure he was surprised by that. Yeah, he was pretty shocked. And then the second fact is, instead of Tony Stark being the um, mentor, they actually were going to do have Nick Fury do it. Yeah, I recently uh, read that, and I was like, oh, that would have been cool. But I felt the way they introduced this new Spider-Man... It just felt natural to have Tony Stark in there. So, well, yeah. I, I like Tony. I, I feel like if they would have used Nick Fury, it would have been bad. Because Tony, in a way, acted as Peter's father. Because Peter didn't right. have his father. Whereas right. if you had Nick Fury, it would just be a bunch of like yelling when he did something stupid. And oh, that's yeah. That's what to do. Like, Tony's speech about if um, you're nothing without the suit, you're nothing at all. Right. That speech is something that dug deep into Spider-Man, whereas if Nick Fury was just like, you're an idiot for even trying, blah, 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 that would have probably... Like, if I was uh, Spider-Man, I would probably just, like, grow up my suit and be done. Right. And when Tony... And when Tony says that line, that's coming from experience, and I just... Again, it's like that's amazing. That's just ah, so pure genius. So yeah, Spider-Man: Homecoming. I can't wait till it comes out on digital, so I can rent it or buy it, so I could wa- watch it again. Because I, I really did, and I love the little moment where he's uh, trapped in that the uh, the facility and whatnot, and he's just testing out his web shooters and talking to Karen, and oh, uh, that was a great personal moment and whatnot. Should I tell Liz that I'm Spider-Man? Yes, you should. <laughs> so, I... I... That was great. So, let's see. What else do I got? Okay, so... Starfire casting news. So, if you haven't heard the news, they are... DC Warner Bros. is going to have their own... Uh, Netflix, I guess? I'm not sure. You know, their own little service and whatnot. And they're doing... 18 Titans live action show which for uh, they just recently a few weeks ago they casted Raven some unknown I don't remember and now today they just casted the announcement just came out that they casted Starfire and her name is Anna Dale I'm not sure how to say that name but yeah they casted Starfire and I'm I'm just excited for this whole show. I just cannot wait because I remember when they first announced announced it like I don't know four years ago or something, and TNT was gonna do it. And looking back at it, TNT is just an that's kind of odd that they would do it. But you know, bring it on. I've always wanted a Teen Titans live action show, and then you know, 
been patiently waiting for years for something and nothing. And then they we finally hear, you know, TNT passes on Teen Titans and now DC has it and they're going to do their own streaming service app and whatnot. And, you know, Young Justice Season 3 is going to be on there apparently. And they're doing a Teen Titans live action show and I couldn't be more fucking excited about it. What about you, Brittany? Excited oh. for a Teen Titans show? Sorry, sometimes I don't know if you're just taking a pause or if you're like actually done. Yeah, you um, can jump in on anytime you want. I am excited, but like the main thing I'm excited for is um, Beast Boy, mm-hmm. just because all of the CGI that they're gonna have to do for him. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to see if they like actually do it or if they like um, do it to where he doesn't really have to change as much, you know? Right. Like, so that way they don't have to use all of their CGI money or all of their money on CGI because he can turn into any animal. Um, but I'm excited to see if they actually do use the CGI to put in, like, a rhino or an elephant or a gorilla or right. um, something like that. But if they don't, I mean, I guess it's fine as long as they play it off well, but I'm also really excited to see if everybody acts the same, like Robin and Starfire and um, Beast Boy, Cyborg, Raven, and um, recently in the uh, comics, not the comics, the um, the newest animated Teen Titans, uh, Nightwing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think yeah. it'll be fine. I mean, they... They couldn't. They don't have to use Beast Boy. I mean, if they do, that's great. But I imagine it's not going to be really. I mean, it's a TV show, so it's it's going to be more focused on you know chemistry and progression and all that business. And so it's. I mean, if they do Beast Boy, I'm sure they will do the CGI stuff, but it's not going to be heavy or whatever. I mean, that's. I mean, that's it is what it is, and that's. Totally fine, but yeah, I... Now, when you say you hope they act right, do you mean, like, from the cartoon? Yeah, from the original cartoon. I hope they act, like, the same way, because I know um, the old cartoon, the not the new perky whatever one, um, The in the old one, like, Raven was, like, this really, like, standoffish emo. Um, Beast Boy was this crazy kid who was uh, obviously falling for Raven and Raven just didn't want to have anything to do with him even though we all knew that she did and Starfire was obviously going for Robin or something like that and Cyborg was just Cyborg and um, I don't know I just don't want to see them change them too much because when the new cartoon came out I feel like they were all too close I guess when and I mean, I know they're all close because they are a team and they have to be close and they have to have that bond. But in the Teen Titans that I grew up in, they were all close and they bonded and everything. But at the same time, like Raven was still kind of standoffish. She still had her secrets that nobody knew about. Starfire had her secrets. Beast Boy had his. Um, everybody had their own secrets and that nobody really cried about. But I feel like in the, like, the new Teen Titans that have been coming out, it's like... Um, Starfire was going after Nightwing, and they were like together, together, and I just felt like they, they kind of lost who they were. Like they, Raven was now 
never really always up in her room. She was out there with everybody and, like, um, talking and stuff. Which, I mean, in the old ones, she was out there as well, but it wasn't as often, I guess, as I saw in the newest ones. Now, granted, I didn't watch the newest ones that often because of the fact that I didn't like the way that it was drawn. Right. But, I don't know, that was just something that I noticed was that they were too happy, especially the ones that weren't supposed to be happy all the time. So... And you're referring to Teen Titans Go, right? Yeah. Yeah. That. I've had my... Gra- I mean, we've all had our graves with Teen Titans Go, especially if you watched... Especially for those who watched the original Teen Titans show. And for me, Teen Titans Go is an abomination, to be honest. But there's one thing I love about that show is there are little Easter eggs in the show. And for me personally... Um, I, yeah, I hope they get the characters right. I don't expect them to be like, I don't expect it to be like the original cartoon. I mean, there's so many comics when it comes to Teen Titans, and it's insane what they could do. And the Teen Titans, uh, Teen Titans versus, uh, Justice League movie was great because, for starters, there wasn't, there wasn't, it wasn't very, it wasn't Damian Wayne centric. I mean, Damian Wayne was there, but he was a shithead. And, you know, because, I mean, I just, I fucking hate Damian Wayne so much. And the fact that some people want to see Damian Wayne in the cinematic universe, I'm just like, no, fuck that. I'll take Jason Todd over Damian Wayne any day. Because, I, I, then again, I'm not a fan of Jason Todd either. I just, but whatever. But Teen Titans, I, I'm ready. I, for me, the selling point for me for Teen Titans is how they bond together. And that's really what's going to happen. That's the main thing I'm looking forward to because, you know, I love it. And I love the fact that based off of the photo I saw for the casting of Starfire, it looks like Starfire will be in charge the way she is in um, the Teen Titans new animated uh, universe with the movies and whatnot. There are animated movies like uh, Teen Titans and the Judas Contract and Teen Titans versus Justice League, which it's going to be interesting if they do. I wonder if they will do the Judas Contract for a season of the Teen Titans show, and if so, obviously they're going to have to change something. The one thing that's very controversial of that storyline which was for the best for the animated movie I mean it was very implied but it wasn't like it didn't go that far into it and yeah I, I'm ready for a Teen Titans show I mean I don't care how much I'm going to have to pay for this DC uh, service app I just mm-hmm. I just want it just give it to me yeah I mean I'm excited for it too yeah I yeah, I'm I'm really curious what this DC service app is going to do. I mean, I didn't read much up on it. All I know is that Season 3 of Young Justice is going to be on it and this Teen Titans live action show. And it makes me wonder if, if this is going to be an app where it's not just has all these shows, but also, you know, your, your classic shows like the Batman the Animated Series, Justice League show, yes. and all that business. And I hope if it if that's the case, I hope they do have like 
you know, you can read certain comics from the DC comics world. So yeah, I'm I'm all bored. I'm I'm just waiting for this show to come out. It's supposedly supposed to come out in 2018 or maybe that's when they start filming. So I guess 2019 is when Teen Titans show comes out and I really hope it's not 20 plus episodes or whatever because boy would that kill me, I guess. And also I don't want this to connect to The Flash or Arrow or Legends of Tomorrow or Supergirl. I don't want it to connect to the CW shows. I want it to be its own thing. I don't want it to be connected to Gotham. God knows I hate that show, but it's whatever. But I hope it's its own thing. Like, I don't want to see the Slade Deathstroke uh, from the CW onto this. I want a different... If they're going to do Deathstroke again, give me a different Deathstroke. I don't want to see the same actor, that version of Deathstroke in the Titan show, so... Yeah? I don't watch those shows. Well, no worries then. So, <laughs> no worries. I mean, yeah. I don't know if... I, would I say... Would I recommend anyone start watching those show now? Um, I would say... If you're going to start all those shows, you know, start with, you know, Arrow for Arrow, do one, watch season one and season two and season five. Don't worry about the other two because they're, well, season three is depressing as hell. Season four introduces magic and it's, it's fine, I guess. It's a lot better than season three, but season four just, something was missing I don't know what it is, but whatever. Flash, I would say, yeah, definitely watch season one for sure. Season one's like the best season ever. Yeah, watch season two and season three. Season three is, uh, I, it's it, it has great moments, but overall it's fine, I guess. Even though they did uh, have Draco Malfoy in it for the whole season, and he was good for what he was given as far as for Supergirl you can start on season 2 I mean you can watch a recap of season 1 just to start on season 2 because I do like the Superman they had on that show and then Legend of Tomorrow yeah just watch the whole thing even though season 1 is okay Vandal Savage is not the Vandal Savage I kind of wanted I think it's more the performance of that actor. But yeah, season two of Legends of Tomorrow, great. But yeah, Titans. I Teen Titans show, I can't wait. So Defenders came out and Brittany didn't watch it at all and that's fine. And but I will say if you do start watching it, it's only eight episodes. Which is fantastic. So I finished it. Uh I finished all of it. I binged like five and then uh, watched the rest earlier today. And I gotta say, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I mean, I'm not gonna go into spoilers, but I just love the little bonding and whatnot. And there are a few, there's a surprise, there's like a really total shock factor that I so wasn't prepared for. And when it happened, I, I, 
I didn't know how to cope with it at all. I was just like, they, they did that, and I'm, I it's it's for story wise, and I love it, but I hate it so much, and I just I couldn't cope with it at all because, ah, uh, it was rough. It was hard to watch that part happen, but if there's one thing I love about the show, and I guess this is kind of spoiler-ish, but won't go into full depth of it, but when Daredevil and Elektra have their last battle between each other, it was very hot and adorable. I just, it very much felt like Batman Returns, the ending of Batman Returns, where Bruce, Batman, basically, you know, comes to, you know, Selina Kyle, and he's like, you see, we're the same, and all that business, and Oh, it was so... It very much gave me Batman Returns vibes. And uh, as far as Iron Fist goes, I I still have a problem with him. I just don't like the way he's written and how he's just full of anger and whatnot. And, but I will say, when Luke Cage and Iron Fist meet, they have a smackdown and it is all kinds of funny as hell. Because, you know, Luke Cage is uh unbreakable or whatever he's like very tough and very strong like you can't if you hit him you're gonna break your fist and uh and you know iron fist is just trying to go to town on uh luke cage and he's not even like breaking a sweat he's just not like flinching at all and he just tosses uh danny rand around like a rag doll then finally danny summons his chi and hits Luke Cage with the Iron Fist and ah, that was great but overall I think Iron Fist Danny Rand he's great and it's very interesting how it's it's very much like he's sort of the the plot is revolved around him mainly but yeah overall I I loved I love the Defenders and 8 episodes that that was perfect I hope that you know, the next seasons of these shows will have, you know, less than 13 episodes. I hope it'll be like, you know, 8 episodes or 10. But, yeah, Defenders is great. Speaking of 10 episodes, Game of Thrones. Uh, So far, I am loving the shit out of this (laughs) season. Uh, We're going to talk spoilers. So, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> well, first, are you caught up? Like, Yes, I am caught up. I am. So, yeah, just... How can you not be caught up? I mean, it's Game of Thrones. I mean, for a while, I was every single season behind, so... Wow. Yeah. Uh, are you caught up? Yeah. Okay. Totally. Okay, good. Because... You know, next season is a series finale, and wow. And next week is, or yeah, next week, no, this week is a season finale, and I'm not ready. I feel like I'm going to shit myself when it happens. So, spoilers for Game of Thrones. Um, I, I've i enjoyed this, uh, this, uh, this season because... There's a lot more battling happening. I mean, it's finally coming to a close, and there's a lot of battles. And 
I'm not sure. Not this week's episode. I mean, this week's battle was great, but I think it was more. It was the week before where um, the Lannisters were. The Lannisters' army was uh, taken. Oh, what's her face? Is uh, gold and whatnot. If you've seen, if you've been watching the Game of Thrones and you're all caught up, you know what I'm talking about. So that battle was like is definitely my favorite because it's just like it's it's like Daenerys is finally having enough and just like destroys uh, the Lannisters' army and like it's nothing. And you know that last moment where Jaime just you know. Being the soldier that he is, the warrior that he is, he's going to try and take out Daenerys. And, you know, he's getting closer and closer, and finally the dragon almost burns him alive, and luckily Jamie got saved, and that was that was intense. And I loved how, how he, whenever Jamie was going after Daenerys, uh, you see Tyrion in the back just being like, you idiot, just run, just run. So, that was my favorite battle of this season. I mean, for me, the best battle of the series is definitely Battle of the Bastards. Um, I just, oh, I'm loving everything about this season so far. And I loved how, oh, uh, what's her name? I can't remember. The old lady of, um, the old lady of, uh, oh, not Targaryen, but, uh. Are you talking about the one who drank poison? Yeah. Her, I, that was like the best, uh, death ever because she was like, she confessed that it was I who, you know, poisoned your son or whatever. And I was just like that, that is so badass. And I loved how Jamie just kind of took it in, didn't really like pull out his sword and just nail her across the head or whatever. I just, that was fucking awesome. That's that was a great death like to quote Dark Knight Returns that this would be a good death oh well no I've been misquoting it this would be a good death but not good enough but um, but yeah that was a great death for her that was definitely a great death for her and man Game of Thrones yeah okay my turn yes come on okay. speak um I love Game of Thrones. Like, okay, so it's it's really weird how I got into Game of Thrones in the first place. Um, of course, everybody was talking about it, and everybody was, like, saying, oh, it's the best show ever, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And I was just like, no, not have it. And it's just not something that it looks like I would get into. It's not... Right. It's just not me. And uh, so uh, maybe it gets into, like, maybe... The second season, maybe third season, I don't know, and um, that's when I'm like, okay, let me just try and see. Wow. So I, I I get maybe halfway through the first season and I get bored, so I so I stopped. I, I got bored, so I stopped. And um, and then my friend Perry, he actually, um, when I told him that I'm, I only I got bored and like stopped, he was like we're watching it and I was like I really don't want to and he was like we're watching Game of Thrones and so every single night after school we would watch one or two episodes of Game of Thrones and um 
and I eventually like started to like it. It was it was interesting and like the stuff that I didn't understand in the first the, like the first time around, I started to understand the second time around. And then if I still didn't understand it, he would explain it to me and then I'd get it and I'd be like, "Oh shit." And um and so it kind of just became where like I understand what's going on now. I understand um what's happening and right. that's when I grew to love Game of Thrones and now I'm now I'm on the side where if somebody says I haven't seen Game of Thrones I'm like are you freaking crazy like what are you doing with your life right so you, and, you when you started you were there since season two well when I started um it's, when I started again it was right before this season. Oh, so that was uh, season yeah. six. Yeah, so I had to finish all of them. Wow. Before this season started, which I did because I'm an expert binge watcher. Yeah, for me, I started when season... It, I think it was season five. Yeah, I. Yeah, I was in the same camp. Everyone was talking about it. And I heard the spoilers and whatnot, and I just, for me, I was just like, I it just doesn't seem like my kind of show because I was never into middle world, Lord of the Rings type of stuff. I was just mm-hmm. like, this just doesn't sound interesting to me, and I don't know what it was. And then I don't know what it was that made me want to start watching it. I think it was because one of my favorite uh, filmmakers would always talk about it. And then I guess one day I was just like, you know what? Let me start the show. So I pulled up DirecTV, and it had like all the episodes. And I started watching it. First episode, I was like, wow, the quality of this show looks fucking amazing. Oh my god, so much money goes into this show just to make yeah. it. Yeah, and I started watching it, and I just couldn't stop watching. I was just like, I, the fact that it's ten shows and I can't get enough of it. Like for me, my favorite moment. I guess my favorite season is season four and specifically the the trial of Tyrion and it's my favorite moment ever where Tyrion just had enough and just like I saved you all and blah 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 because he's being accused of killing Joffrey and all that business right. and then finally I watched season five and you know I've been watching since season five and I love it I just for me it's like the greatest show ever it's like the best show ever and i will fight anyone who disagrees like i'm sorry but this is how you tell a story for tv you don't i mean this is how you do it it's 10 episodes and it feels like a long continuous movie and i love everything about it it's crazy because you know for the current season i imagine they can spend more than just 10 million dollars so um, but you were going, you were still talking about your favorite, uh, war scene. And I don't know if mine, mine is actually a part of the battle of the bastards or whatever, but, um, it's like, again, it, it has something to do with, um, just the camera quality and, um, the thought process that went through this battle and like the actual, like, dedication they had to get this good shot because they somebody actually mounted a horse and then flung on the side of the horse 
and then held the camera while the horse was galloping so that way they could get the shot of the horses running into battle. And um, I know it was a battle that Jon Snow was in. And it was like, it, they were all there. And I don't know what battle it was. I'm pretty sure that was Battle of the Bastards. Was it? But yeah, it, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was. It was fantastic. Just because, yeah. like... Um, like when I think about it, like all the ban- all the battles are kind of cool because I mean you do get to see the up close sword fighting and everything, but like this this battle was different because of all the different angles. Like you literally had the start off where the horses are galloping and you have them right there, like you're riding with um, the people who are going off into battle. You have that there and you see it and you feel it and you you feel the emotions that they're feeling because you understand and um, right. That's something that was my favorite battle. So. And that that finally that satisfying ending of the whole battle, where it's it's just quiet, and Ramsey is just like, "Yeah, I'll I'll accept your challenge," and just shoots arrows at Jon Snow, and just it's very quiet. And then he finally gets his hands on Ramsey and just pounds him, but doesn't really kill him because he knows it's Sansa is the one who has to do it because she's got the worst of it so but yeah i i so the latest episode i was i was just like i was shitting bricks like no other and the okay so i had this i i had spoiled like someone spoiled it on my snapchat and i was like so they killed the dragon i was like what? No. I was just like... You didn't believe it? And I, I was just like, that's... Well, first of all, I got mad. I was like, what the fuck? Don't... You know, if you're watching Game of Thrones, you know you can't spoil it. Give it a week and then spoil it. Like, come on. So I was just kind of mad and I was just like, fine, whatever. It's just a dragon. But just the way they show how the dragon gets killed. And I'm- so... Homeboy White Walker pulls out a goddamn frozen spear, and I'm like, holy shit, no way. And he tosses it, I'm like, Homeboy is a fucking spear thrower. Holy shit. And the fact that it actually pierced, I was just like, damn, that dude's got muscle. Like, fuck. Like, how the... No fucking way. And down goes the dragon, I was like, fuck... But yeah, I felt exactly. horrible because of Daenerys. I mean, her oh reaction God. and just being like, like that moment of like shock and just being like her having to cope with what just happened. I was just like, that's, that is some balls right there. And oh. so I knew once the dragon went down, they're going to raise it. I'm just like, oh my God, it's about to go down. This is fucking worse. I don't even know. I'm not ready for this. So, yeah, I... And the fact that Jon Snow was underwater, I was like, yeah, he's not dead. There no, there's no way he's dead. And, you know, and when the White Walkers saw that he was up or whatever, I was like, <coughs> I was like, oh, shit. Who's going to save him? And then here comes Mr... Whatchamacallit, gung-ho with his uh, little goddamn lamp of fire just smacking the shit out of White Walkers. I'm like, wait a minute, Uncle... And there's Uncle Benji. And I was like, oh my god. 
I was like, no. And then you see him get killed, and it's like, god damn it. We didn't even see much of him, and already I'm just like, I can't take it. So much death in one day. Ugh. Yeah, um, the thing that, I don't know, the thing that got me, um, okay, well, first of all, about your whole spoiler of the dragons, Yeah. my, my friend, I mean, I already saw it, because I, I make a habit to watch it on Sunday, but um, my friend and I, we have tennis together, and our tennis practice just so happened to be on Sunday, mm-hmm. but he and I both DVR Game of Thrones, just in case we do miss it. And, um, so, like, while the adults were all rushing to get home to view it, he and I were, like, chill. We were, like, we can sit and talk, we're good, whatever. We'll just go home and watch it. Well, I actually went home and watched it. But then today, apparently, he decided he was going to watch it because I get a text and he goes, bruh, I'm shook. And I was like, what? What happened? And, um, he was like, she just lost a dragon. And then seconds later, he was like, sorry if you aren't caught up and I'm like I watched it Sunday and so then we like talked about it and everything and I was like I I literally felt the world stop like it it stopped when right. Daenerys lost her child because it's like she can't have children so her dragons are her children so if something happens to them they're uh gone yeah and um and then he made, and then I was like, I am kind of interested in seeing what the um, walk, like, what they're gonna do with the dragon now that it's like an ice dragon, right? And uh, he made the joke that they're obviously gonna give the dragon back, and I said, oh yeah, because he's just such a friendly guy. Um, but when like, I kind of knew that the dragon thing was gonna happen because I did see a poster or whatever on Google about the Ice King actually riding the Ice Dragon. Um, so I just didn't know where it was going to come from. I didn't know if he somehow had it like up his sleeve or if he did find a dead dragon lying around somewhere. But now I know it's actually Daenerys' child and it makes it a lot worse than what I thought it was. Yeah. yeah. I just... It was just like, oh my gosh, it just get, gets keep getting worse and worse and... My God, I I gotta I love this episode because of the Hound. I mean, the Hound has always been sort of my favorite because he's just an asshole or whatever. And I I think the one thing I loved about this the the one uh, interaction between the characters was a uh, Tormund and the Hound. That that whole conversation made me laugh. That was just great. And how Tormund was uh, talking about Brienne of Tarth. I was like, oh my god, he's so, oh, I just, I, <laughs> I hope it happens. I'm sure it will, at I some just, point. He's like, we're gonna make babies, we're gonna make monster babies, and, oh my god, that whole conversation was just great, man. So how are you feeling uh, about next week's episode? <laughs> um. Well, I actually make it a point to not look at next time. Oh. Uh, yeah. I like to be completely surprised. Oh, okay. I, I have no idea what's happening next time. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> uh, well, I saw it, obviously, and I was just, you know, 
I'm like, okay, if this, you know, the recent episode didn't make me shit bricks enough, this next episode's gonna make me shit myself, like, all through the day, you know, I'm gonna be sitting in shit, just being like, this is fucking happening. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty awesome that you didn't see what's gonna come next, because... I don't even know what to say. I think it's just going to be like, it's going to be very tense. It's just going to be like, you don't know what's going to happen next. Like, it's going to be, because there's one specific, I mean, uh, because it's going to be, it's, it's a scene. It's not really a battle, but it's a scene where it's like, who's going to make the first move? Like, you feel like something bad is going to happen. Like, you don't, that's the thing. You don't know what's going to happen. Because, you know, it could go one way or another. I mean, damn. I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be something. I mean, you know what's going to happen next in the next episode, you know, now that they got a White Walker, right? Like the dragon? No, the, you know how they had it, their mission was to grab a White Walker? Yeah. And they have to meet with Cersei? Oh, right. Yeah, so they... They basically, they show that whole scene and, you know, Daenerys is there, Jon Snow is there, fucking Tyrion is there, and Cersei is there, and Jaime, and it's like, something is, uh, I could see, like, I wouldn't be surprised if something went south during that whole conversation. And I'm just, I was just, and Jon Snow said something, I won't say what it is, but I was just like, god damn it, if this doesn't convince her to fight alongside oh man it's not gonna be great at all yeah i mean um i do have a question for you because it's like this big uh controversy because a lot of people want Jon snow and daenerys to get together Mm -hmm. but um but i think they're related they are yeah i mean they they really are i mean it if you couldn't pick up on the whole, you know, uh, last season, you know, yes, they are definitely related. Yeah, and I mean, I know Game so of Thrones doesn't matter. So he's the first episode proved that, but I feel like, do you think they would care? Daenerys is the aunt, so yeah, and Jon Snow's nephew. Uh, for would they care? Who? Like them, because. I know, like, it's not uncommon for family members to be together. Oh, you're saying, will they fall for each other? Yeah, I was asking if you thought that. I a lot would, of people are thinking that they're going to get together. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they do, because they did have that exchange look or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever, you know, John, when yeah, Jon Snow was saved, I wouldn't be surprised if they do end up being together. And but at the moment, they don't know. Oh, they don't know. but Exactly. They don't know right now. So that's why I feel like they're so easily like falling. But I feel like once they realize, I feel like they're not going to go down the same way that uh, Cersei and Jamie went. Yeah. I mean, well, Jamie and Cersei already knew they were brother and sister. And so well, yeah, but- that's weird. That's like if you guys know it and you're still doing it. That's that is like the weirdest thing ever. But you know if they don't know, 
sure, you know, why wouldn't they? But, but I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised when you know Jon Snow, you know, goes back to uh, what you call it, uh, Winterfell, and sees Bran, and Bran being you know all Spock out as he is, he's like Spock of the Game of Thrones. I wouldn't be surprised if Bran was like, you're you're a Targaryen and all yeah. that business. I wouldn't be surprised if he just let it out because, you know, Bran at this point is just really not giving a fuck right now. I yeah. Mean, I mean, the only thing he cares about is, you know, the war of uh, the White Walkers. Mm. But I wouldn't be surprised if he did mention it because, you know, Bran is just like... Bran has basically become Spock. So, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, but if they do get together, I I wouldn't be mad, nor would I love it. I would just be like, I mean, it happens. So, I mean, we are talking Game of Thrones, so, I mean, whatchamacallit, uh, out in the, uh, beyond the wall... That one guy was uh, doing his daughters or whatever, just making more and more. Oh, and yeah, that was just like, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's probably the worst thing you could ever do. Forget the whole brother and sister thing. Just doing your own child, just woof. <laughs> that I wouldn't be able to handle. That is way too much information. Because even when they were like discussing it, like when it when it was revealed or whatever, I was just like. That is way too much, and then you finally see the dudes like this. Ooh, this fucker! Ugh, God! You just stop, like you nasty. Right. God. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they do hook up. Yeah. I mean, and is it a bad thing? No. Is it disgusting? Not really. I mean, these two haven't really known each other, so. I'm pretty sure they've found out who they, they, you know, you're my aunt. And, you know, they find out who, you know, how they're related. I don't think they would care. But then again, I don't think Jon Snow, I don't know. Maybe if they didn't have that exchange look at each other, I would have said, you know, they're probably not going to hook up because Jon Snow is all about that the war against the White Walkers. But since they had that exchange, I think... Something's gonna happen. Right. Yeah. So, yep. That's all the uh, the news that we have that I brought up today. So, oh man, what, what, we'll try and be back next Wednesday, Thursday, whatever, whenever this episode goes up. So, yeah, that is Spoiler Appetite for this week. I'm Tristan. And I'm Brittany. And you've just been spoiled.